0: Bonjour and welcome to another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com, the no-fluff actionable marketing podcast for people sick of marketing bullshit. I'm your host, Louis Grenier. After 4 years, 175 episodes recorded, 9625 minutes of no-bullshit content published and 1 million plus downloads reached, I felt it was time to shake things up a bit. You see, I wanna help you radically stand out because I firmly believe it's the only way for you to succeed without marketing bullshit. So moving forward, each episode is gonna be around 20 minutes long. Each episode is gonna be super practical where I'm gonna teach you one way to radically stand out that you can apply to your business today. I'm gonna use snippets of past interviews, the lessons I've learned from my own experience and plenty of concrete examples. Oh, and one last thing, I'm also turning each of those episodes into the only newsletter focusing on differentiation and positioning, so you can read at your own pace and remember the concept I'm teaching. If it's of interest, I hope you'll sign up today on everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'll also notify you when I launch new stuff and products, and you can win rewards for referring other Mavericks the newsletter, like branded cups and t-shirts and posters and private group coaching and plenty of other nice little surprises. All right, on to the podcast. I haven't done a behind the scene episode in a while and I really wanted to give you an update of what's been happening lately, the last few months. So this episode is going to be slightly different from the previous solo episodes I will talk about what I've done, what I've learned, and hopefully those are things that you can apply in your own business and in whatever things you want to do. So I've made $60,300 selling 25 seats of my program Stand the Fuck Out, my eight-week program, with one single email. And I want to tell you all about it. I know it might sound a bit clickbaity, a bit spammy even but it's a true story it happened just a few weeks ago at this stage and yeah i wanted to let you know how it happened and put things into perspective so first i want to give you some context i started to sell my eight-week program stand the fuck out last september i sold it to a small group of 14 early adopters and made seven thousand dollars so the price tag was five hundred dollars each and i was already uncomfortable with the price so The way I've done it is I sent an email to my list asking folks to raise their hand if they're interested in joining a beta program. A few more people than 14 raised their hand, but at the end of the day, 14 applied and paid for the program. So to me, it kind of validated the product that I had been thinking about for years, gave me some confidence and helped me to improve the product for the next round. So six months after, I geared up to work on standard account number two. I quadrupled the price. I went from $500 to $1,900 and I made $35,100 with what I would say is a relatively small email list, 2,500 subscribers. I had never made that much money online. It really rocked my world. I was super happy about it. It gave me a lot of confidence to triple down on it. And I was especially proud of me pushing through, quadrupling the price because I knew the value was there. I had the feedback from the first cohort. I knew it was really good and I knew I would make it even better and better. So that was a huge win for me. And I went on then to work on promoting Stand Number 3, right? On the 1st of September, 2021, a few weeks ago at the time I'm recording this episode, I then launched Stand Number 3. This launch included a new premium tier at $4,900 where folks getting it would get a limited one-to-one feedback with me with a voice messaging app and access to the content of the future cohort. And this cohort, this time around, sold within 24 hours with one single email to the waiting list. 25 folks joined and the average price was $2,400 per participant because of the premium option. So for the first time ever, I had to reject Perfect Fit applicants because I had reached full capacity with my current cohort model. And the way it works is I have two groups, one in my morning time to accommodate folks in in Asia, Australia, and Eastern Europe. And then I have another group in the evening for me, which is to accommodate folks in Northern America and Europe, and America in general. And the big value of the program is that I'm able to get to know everyone individually, to really help them to go deep into each group call. And I felt like beside this number, it'd be very tough for me to do. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to change the program later on if I feel more people could get value, but that's for another topic. So I launched 10 number three to more than 5,000 people on my email list and the waiting list, those who, who actually kind of raised their hand virtually and say, yeah, I'm interested, send me more info. There were 236 of them. So within the first 24 hours, there was already 23 people who applied and they were all very good match. So in, in this episode, I kind of want to explain to you how I've done it in detail so that you, know, you get inspired and maybe you get a few ideas on what you want to do next, if it's something you're interested in. So the first thing is that I pre-sold Standard Fuckout for six months using a waiting list system. So as I mentioned, folks could join the waiting list for Standard Fuckout number three as soon as the launch of Standard Fuckout number two was over. And that's kind of the reason why I've been able to sell out fast. I've been talking about it for a long, long time. So I had a steady amount of people who joined the waiting list over the last six months with an acceleration in August, right? In the last 30 days, a lot more people kind of joined the waiting list, which makes sense. And the thing I did this time around was I gave an option to waiting list members to leave the waiting list while remaining on my main list. So This way people didn't have to fully unsubscribe and they just could join and remove themselves if they felt it wasn't for them or it was the wrong timing or anything like that. So I think overall easily maybe 30 to 40 people actually removed themselves throughout. So that enabled me to really talk to people who were interested, who felt it was the right time for them and all of that without annoying the rest. I've made sure to send a bunch of emails to that waiting list regularly to stay top of mind. what to expect from the program was the first one. I, has, I also had an automated email about the 24 questions people tend to ask before enrolling. I also had a pdf containing 61 pages of testimonials. I'll share that in more detail soon. Also an impromptu invite to a zoom call on the same day where I literally just sent a, a zoom invite and people could join straight away. And then of course I had a countdown email to let them know that application will open in 48 hours. So as a result 23 people applied within 24 hours. And I was already enough to sell out. I had planned actually a bunch of objection busting emails to try to convince more people who are on the fence to join. So once the application opened, sending a bunch of emails like one per day to to let them know like to answer critical questions. But I actually didn't need it and I'm quite happy with that. I didn't use any form of FOMO and like pressure to convince people who were on the fence and the ones who joined didn't need any of that and that kind of makes me happy so that's a learning for me as well that i need to carry over the second thing i wanted to share was that i actually tripled down on one single focus and that's how i've been able to achieve those results basically my focus is to help small businesses startups to stand the fuck out i took a gamble by turning my popular interview-style podcast that you're listening to right now into a narrative-style show, for the moment anyway, featuring practical essays on radical differentiation. And I did that to build authority around the topic. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to go back to interviews. I will absolutely do. But it felt interesting for me to be able to do this so that I could really deep-dive, learn more about the topic, and just use... The content that i had co-created kind of with all my guests and all the stuff i learned through books and my own experience to digest them into solo episodes so each solo episode takes me a while takes me 10 to 15 hours to research and prepare so i'm using past interviews books research personal experience so it takes me a long time and it takes me a lot of creative time right it's quite draining mentally but it's probably one of the most interesting things i've been doing in the last few years so I then use those episode recording and I turn them into newsletters and essays. And that's why you might be a member of the newsletter. It's basically stand-up out. I teach people to stand-up out. And that's why I also hired a part-time content editor who helped me to manage this process. And that saves me hours and hours of being able to just think of ideas, turn it into a raw audio file and having him turning that into a good episode, but also into newsletter using my own words, and that's been, that's been a lifesaver. I also updated my website to put the newsletter at the center with a lot of social proof. So if you go to my website, you'll see there's a lot more social proof, a lot more quotes, detailed stuff to really make people understand that they are not joining just a new newsletter or a new email list or anything like that, that they can trust me. And I think the other side of it, which is the point number three I wanted to share with you, is that I said no to everything else so when we talk about focusing on one thing it also means saying not the rest i believe that's something that tends to be brushed over a lot what you choose not to do is more important than what you choose to do what you choose not to do is more important than what you choose to do because there's way more things that you could be doing and that you need to not do what you're going to choose to do is going to be a small small portion of all the possibilities around there so over the last six months i declined countless podcast interviews invitation to speak at events, consulting, coaching gigs, because they didn't fit my strategy. They will drain my energy. So my kind of calendar was almost always empty. I had maybe two to three calls a week, max, and that's it that gave me time to produce the solo episode that gave me time to really double down on that. The only opportunities I accepted were the ones that would significantly improve my authority and my chances to kind of get in front of my audience. So the only thing I've accepted to do was a course on radical differentiation with CXL, live hot seat coaching sessions with CXL, with the marketing meetup, with the launch growth university and a few on my own and a few podcast interviews and that's it. So I say no to a lot more. The fourth point is that I posted every weekday on LinkedIn. I actually started to do that on January this year and not only am I publishing every day, I'm replying to every single comment every day, or at least trying my best to, because LinkedIn notification is not that easy actually to follow, but that's another topic. So as a result, I actually went from 5,000 or so followers to nearly 14,000. And yes, it's definitely a vanity metric, but I can tell you that while it's difficult to measure, many, many my subscribers told me they discovered me through LinkedIn, many Folks joined my program, told me they discovered me through LinkedIn. And the ones who didn't, it enables me to stay open the mind. So I've actually made countless LinkedIn friends with whom I've built great relationships. And I've seen the same names appear on my email list, on the waiting list. And to me, it's a clear indication that I need to triple down on it. So I know you might have a love-hate kind of relationship with that network. And my advice is not to do it, just to follow what I'm doing, but more in terms of following the focus. You know, if you're not good at something, you need to spend time on that thing. That's kind of the lesson here. And then finally, I dabbled down on social proof. I really wanted to share the transformation that I've seen through people going through the program and I didn't want to use the lazy route of those, you know, two line testimonials where you don't learn anything. And it doesn't really give you the depth that you need for a program like Stand Fuck Out. So I actually spent 25 plus hours re-interviewing Stand Fuck Out number one alumni and asked them to share their progress because, you know, what I teach, differentiation and how to make your business radically stand out takes time. And I actually did the same thing with Stand Up number two. Then my content editor processed the conversation on the script to turn them into readable long form testimonials. And once that's been done, I paid $600 or so for a magazine designer on Fiverr to turn them into a very nice looking PDF that I included and sent to the waiting list, but also included on the Stanford landing page. My goal is basically to add to that PDF every single time. So just like LinkedIn, I don't know exactly how it worked, why it worked and the exact impact it had. It's kind of difficult to measure, but I haven't received any email of people Asking for more case studies, more testimonials, more proof that this program was legit. And to me, that's all the proof that I needed. So in the first part of this episode, yeah, this is what I wanted to share. Those kind of five lessons, the five things that enabled me to achieve that result. So one, I pre-sold for six months. Two, I focused on helping small businesses radically start out. Three, say no to everything else. Four, posted every single weekday on LinkedIn. And five, double down on social proof. Now, I just wanted to share the nine things I've learned in this launch that I'm going to carry over for the next one. So number one, the launch felt much easier than the previous two. I'm super happy that one single email was more than enough to get enough applications to sell out. And I believe way more applications would have come if I kept selling. I know a few folks told me. So I think the signals were very positive as well. I had more people reaching out before saying that they couldn't wait for it. I had people reaching out on LinkedIn. I felt the vibe like was quite different compared to Stanford up and number two. So that made me confident and in control. Second thing was that some prospective applicants felt the need to talk to me directly, and that doesn't surprise me necessarily that people want to talk to me, but what they asked me was surprising. So on a whim, around 10 days before application day, in stand fuck at number three, I actually sent an email to the waiting list telling them I was on Zoom right now if they wanted to chat. And my plan was to basically stay there for two to three hours and just have people joining whenever they wanted. So to my surprise, a lot of people joined. Not, I mean, a lot. When I say a lot, like maybe 10 in total or 15 maybe. But what they asked me was surprising. They basically asked questions that were answered many times over in the waiting list, email sequence, in the landing page. And it's not because they didn't know the answer. It was more that they needed to hear it from me directly. So that's something I'm going to carry over. I want to understand how I can scale that better to make sure that people understand that when they spend money with me, that I'm not faking it or anything like that. The third lesson for me was that, yes, I know my focus hundred percent, but I'm going to triple down on it. I serve those kind of small business owners less than 100 employees and the senior marketers who work there bigger brands do need to stand out but they can't really use the same recipe differentiation per se is more difficult to achieve it's difficult to achieve differentiation when you have a product in a mature category in a mature product and all of that so the solution is usually distinctiveness and making sure that you reach as many people as you can by building mental availability and all of that so this is slightly different so Then when you look at the people who applied to my program and who they were and all of that, they all fit the description I gave you earlier. The fourth lesson was that all participants discovered me in the last nine months, bar one. And that all happened since I kind of tripled down on the idea of radical differentiation, Uh, talked about it in my newsletter, like changed everything around it. So that was quite interesting. I honestly was expecting way more people from who had subscribed to my list way before to join, but that wasn't the case. It was mostly people who joined after. And clearly they joined because they connected with the problem I was solving. And yeah, that changed a lot. So the person who actually applied and joined from a few years ago joined in March, 2019 and all of the others joined after January, 2021. The fifth lesson was that half of Standard Rocket number three participants are freelancers or agencies offering client services. So consulting, coaching, copywriting, and all of that. And to me, this kind of opens the door to a potential future certification program. Obviously not a bullshitty one, but really to help their own clients stand the fuck out of too. I think having a methodology that they can apply to their own client and selling those services, which are highly, highly strategic to clients to be paid more and all of that. So I'll see what I do with that info. Lesson number six, is super interesting. Half of the waiting list members told me that they did not apply because they were too busy at that moment. So I sent an email to my list, to the ones who didn't apply a week after and asked them why, like, be honest with me. I love feedback, don't hold back. And I got a lot of answers. I think I got like maybe 40 answers altogether, which was amazing. So the launch was actually on September 1st and it coincided with back to school for parents. And the biggest reason, yeah, was that they were too busy. There was bad timing. Someone mentioned they were moving house. Someone else mentioned like something happened. They can't do anything about it. And so what that told me was that I can't control that, at least not to the same extent. I can't control if someone is moving house at that time and whatever. However, I think I can make it easier for folks, especially parents and all of that, maybe to change the date to not be at the early September because that might coincide with like a very busy period for them. So I kind of need to match that to understand how I can be best of service for them. But overall, the biggest reason by far being too busy, bad timing, and I will apply next year was really interesting to hear. And then to connect with that, lesson seven was that the second reason mentioned was they didn't apply because of price. But the interesting thing was when I looked at their profile, all of them were not the right fit. So they were either in-house marketers without enough influence to change the product or the service they were selling, or folks who were actually thinking about launching a business and you don't have a business now, and that's, those are not the people I'm serving through this program. So this price objection is always there, right, it makes sense that it's there, but definitely didn't come from the people I wanted to attract, so that's all good. And then on that note, that's Lesson 8, four applicants chose the premium option at $4,900. I added this option, didn't know what to expect. In fact, I was quite nervous about it, but I pushed through and I'm glad I did because that added around $500 of extra revenue per applicant. So instead of 1900, it was like 2400 per applicant. So yet another reason for me to try stuff that makes me uncomfortable and try stuff around pricing. And finally, last lesson, lesson nine. The quality of applicants has risen yet again and super proud of it and I think they're all kind of very very good fit, they all fit exactly the type of people I wanted to serve, they're all very excited about it and they don't need much convincing to work their ass off to make it work. So that's kind of really nice to see and I think it's a testament to all the effort I've put in. So, what's next? Well, at the time I'm recording this episode, Stand Up Factor number three is starting. That'll be my sole focus. After that I'm gonna take three months off to spend time with my family. And after that, I'll be working on a book to help, you've guessed it, ambitious small businesses to stand the fuck out in a practical, no bullshit way. And then the next cohort of Stand the Fuck Out will open sometime in September 2022. So it'll be a year for you to prepare yourself mentally. And yes, you've guessed it. You can already join the waiting list. You just have to Google Stand the Fuck Out or go to my site, everyonehatesmarketers.com. That's it for another episode of everyonehatesmarketers.com. I'm pouring my heart and soul into this. Uh, It will mean a lot to me if you check out the newsletter that goes with this podcast at everyonehatesmarketers.com. I send this newsletter every Tuesday. It's packed with very practical, step-by-step, actionable ways for you to radically stand out. And when you sign up, you also get access to a free 8-lesson course on the same topic. All right, see you on the other side. quickly skim yours amy said also loving the new content is coming from you it feels really lovely candle said i like your writing a lot it really resonates there's so much bullshitter there's good to touch the authentic and chloe said where is the i fucking love this email button brilliant i hope you subscribe you'll be joining more than fourteen thousand subscribers at this stage which is crazy it's the size of a small stadium anyway thank you so much